Hi folks, I'm Alan Wadden. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on December the 6th, 2012. I always start off the broadcast and get it out of the way rather than pester you all the way through uh, the broadcast uh, to go into the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com and you'll find lots and lots of audios for free download. And if you go to the com site, you'll also see a bunch of other sites listed. These are the official sites I have and they all carry the audios for download, but they also carry transcripts in English for print-up. And if you go into Alan Watt Sentin, sentinel.eu, you can get transcripts in other languages. And these are the talks I've given over the years about the big system you're born into, the system that's total, actually. It's supranational. It's above government. And the big real government puts even puts their guys in, in for your presence and prime ministers. I go through the history of it, very long history of it, and how these guys set up in their private organizations a long, long, long time ago, generations ago, to take over the world system, alter the whole structure of society, demolish the first world countries' cultures especially, and reshape them according to their own. And uh, and have been awfully successful, and that's where all your cultural revolutions and sexual revolutions and all that came from one group of people. And so I give the, the history of it too. And they haven't finished it yet. You see, they want the whole world. And these boys were the richest guys in the world who financed it all and set up their foundations as front organizations to fund thousands of NGO, non-governmental organization workers, working full time towards all kinds of revolutions, including now, of course, the color revolutions too, uh, to change the world and standardize it into this new system. We're all in a new system for those who don't quite understand it. And they even use a lot of think tanks and scientists, neuroscientists, psychologists, behaviorists. They're all on board with them, working full-time on us to change the way we think about things and what to say, what not to say, and even putting in the default settings in your mind when you actually think something that's politically incorrect, although it could be very, very true. So help yourself to the website. Remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you, and you can keep me going by getting the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And in the books, too, I go through some of the, the ancient history to the present with this to show you the conology, as it's called, because it's the art of the conning the public. That's what governance really is all about. You never get truth from government, and never ever did in the past either, but it's much more perfected today because people really believe they're getting told the truth when they hear news. So help yourself. Remember, too, as I say, buy the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. From the U.S. to Canada, you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders. You can send cash or you can use PayPal. And across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram and PayPal once again. Straight donations are really seriously welcome at this time because, as I say, uh, things are pretty bad and hyperinflation is coming in. Things are far more expensive in Canada and the States has to catch up with us yet. And we've still go down uh, quite some ways too to eventually match Britain. The whole Western world has to go down to match Britain and that's still plummeting yet. 
This is the brave new world, new world order, planned austerity, and every excuse under the sun has been used, and actual events been uh, made to happen to make it all come to pass. So we're living through massive changes now. All designed and talked about, as I say, well over a hundred years by those who set up this system. And the system itself, as I say, has fooled many generations, uh, grandparents, parents, children. And the worst problem today is the fact that the educational system is so socialized and communized that all of the, the PC agenda that is, is being promoted today is being drummed into the children until they won't have a, a chance a chance of ever thinking for themselves or seeing anything in a different way than the way it's indoctrinated into them at school. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back. This is Cutting Through the Matrix, and many times I've talked about the making of stars. There's a massive machinery involved behind the person that's put out in front to make them the star. Never mind wads of money too, big investments by those that really own the star. And uh, public relations guys are awfully important in this too, because their job is not just to, when they get any problems to do with the so-called star, they try and cover it up, and, and, and they can actually have a lot of pool with the media, because they all know each other, you see. It's almost family, you might say, in, in the media when it comes to these characters. And here's an article here. It ties in with the Jimmy Savile case. It's interesting, too, that across the pond, someone took a lot of my stuff and put it up on Savile, but didn't mention my name. And uh, But anyway, this is about a PR master, you see. And it says, uh, PR to the stars, Max Clifford pledges to cooperate with police after his arrest by Jimmy Savile detectives on suspicion of sexual offences. And the PR guru was held as part of Operation U-Tree, they call it U-Tree, investigation not directly relating to the disgraced former DJ. So they arrested him at 7.40 a.m. today, making him the fifth to be arrested out of six who have been questioned, currently being interviewed at Central London Police Station. And it says that uh, it's already cost $2 million, this investigation. Whatever the government does, it costs millions of dollars for 30 detectives to inquire. If they're getting paid all the time, how come you have to... But all that extra money out there. A Metropolitan Police spokesman said officers working in Operation Nutri have this morning arrested the man in his 60s connection with the investigation. Now they're going after the older ones now, you see, because a lot of younger ones are involved in the present and they ain't going to touch that because there's too many people involved in politics right now. They'll benefit from all the paedophilia rings and so on that's still going on. Anyway, says the man from Surrey was arrested at 7.40am on suspicion of sexual offences and has been taken into the central London police station. And it says, um, Max Clifford's lawyer, Charlotte Harris, said he'd assist the police as best he can with their inquiries following his arrest by detectives investigating the Jimmy Savile sex abuse scandal. It was well known that Clifford, of course, he'd, he'd covered up for many people before in the past. And, and I understand, too, there's a lot of payments go out to certain ones who are in the music, uh, record, well, rec- they actually are the, the reporters for music. A lot of cash exchanges hands to keep quiet on things and so on. And these PR guys are the fixers, that's what they call them. And it says, uh, 
it says uh, this question after the police inquiry might lead and said a lot of all stars were worried about being dragged into an investigation because it appeared on top of the pops or Jim will fix it and had merely posed for photographs with girls in Savile. It's a situation which could easily turn into a witch hunt. It says a lot of big stars were frightened. And it says, uh, it says here that, um, it says he hopes the police will concentrate on finding people like Savile who were manipulating girls. But he knew all about this stuff. He admits it in a video which I'll put up as well. He, not just Savile, but other ones too that he covered up uh, for. And you can go into information on the net and, and find out the different characters, uh, unsavory characters, quite a lot of them that he uh, helped to bring back into the limelight after wash, quite washing them clean again, you see. But um, you'll find, to say, this is not going to go into big, big people above them, uh, the old establishment and and the new establishment, because there is such a thing as the new establishment that moved into Britain and really took over uh, the whole entertainment industry. But anyway, I'll put this up tonight. Now, a while back I said, long uh, over the Savile case, uh, that what, what comes out of this legally will be nothing which you would suspect to be something completely different. And I, re- I said that because I remember back in the year 2000, uh, and one it was that, that uh, you understand your censors organization that censor stuff on television in your countries, they get together annually, worlds annually, uh, a world meeting, and they discuss how far they've pushed the envelope. Their job is not to protect you from anything. Their job is to see if you're, if you're being conditioned and degenerated enough by what you've watched to see the next push of the envelope and accept it. That's a really, that's really what their job is. And at the time, after the meeting, it came out by two professors, one in Canada, one in the U.S., where they said, now we've won the war for homosexuality to be included all over television. It says, well, now push for bestiality and intergenerational sex, which is paedophilia. That's what he was really pushing for. And I'll tell you, it had to come from a script because both these professors read, said exactly the same thing verbatim. Anyway, it's uh, on the go. So I knew something would come out of this that the public wouldn't suspect. And here we go. It's right up what I said. Pedophiles who trade child porn will not be sent to prison. New sentencing laws suggest community punishments. Well, who wants them in your community? Now, what are they going to do, work at childcare homes and stuff maybe, you know? And it says the sentencing council suggested high-level community disorders for those convicted of trading or possessing child, possessing child pornography. The current benchmark jail sentence for those with a small number of images is three months. This is also to do with a politician, a high politician, who was charged recently for it too. And, uh, and he got off with it. Actually, he was a lawyer for a top politician. And he works with different politicians in Britain. And uh, because it's all way up there and he's uh, important for getting folk off and things, he, he, he got pretty well off light himself, even though he was in number four or five on the list, apparently, for the most obscene kind of danger to health type uh, uh, stuff that he was watching, fisting and all of that kind of stuff. And so here we go with this this one in Savile, and it says, Pedophiles who trade child pornography will spare jail under new sentencing rules for courts revealed today or yesterday. The Sentencing Council suggested community punishments for those convicted of trading or possessing child pornography. People caught selling or distributing Internet child pornography may receive high-level community orders, and the Council also proposed community orders for people possessing images of non-penetrative sex between adults and children. Now, you'd have to understand, does that include oral sex and all the rest of it? 
or not. And it says the current benchmark jail sentence for those with a small number of images is three months. Only those with pictures of children uh, posing alone or small quantities of images of children engaged in sexual acts but not with adults are not jailed. Last night, Canterbury told MP, uh, a Tory MP, uh, Julian Brazier said, it's uh, very worrying that they're not going hard on people who distribute child pornography. You need to get a tough line with the distribution or distributors or otherwise you're licensing it. Pornography, in other words, you're licensing it. Criminologist Dr. David Green of the Civitas Think Tank said, the primary question for the courts is what action is most likely to reduce sexual exploitation of children and this is sending the wrong message. The council, which instructs judges and magistrates, also said that adults who had sex with 13 to 16-year-olds may receive community penalties and treatment courses instead of prison sentences. So there you go. Now you can have sex with a 13 to 16-year-old. That's exactly what I knew was going to come out of this. I'm, I'm telling you, it's so predictable because I understand who's all behind it. I've read their history. I know what's behind all this. And it says, for the first time, it separates cases of adult sex acts with under 13s from under 16s. It used to be under 16, so they've reduced it. Now you can have sex with children um, 13 years old. In cases of sex with a 13-year-old, it said that where there was no grooming or other aggravating factors, high-level community orders can be given instead of the benchmark of four years in jail. The guidelines said such cases should involve no significant disparity in age, but admitted that there will be very few instances where the disparity in age is not significant, uh, which means nothing. Criminologist Dr. David Green says the courts must, uh, uh, their action, uh, what is most likely to reduce sexual exploitation of children, well, actually promoting it, as you well know. Wrong message. It says criminologist Dr. David Green says the courts must, uh, uh, it says, um, Actually, this repeat that. The council also re- recommended increased use of community ser- sentences for paying uh, for the sexual services of a child so they can buy it now, too, from them, I guess. I guess we're going to start prostitution earlier. It says that sex offence sentencing needed to be brought up to date and said its plans to give more focus to the impact on victims and reflect uh, advances in technology. In 2011, all the 261 people found guilty of sexual activity with a child under 13, 134 were jailed, and 90 were given community sentences. So they're already starting it then, you see. You understand there's an awful lot of pervs at the top, and including the legal system too, these old judges and things. And it says the sentencing council suggested sentences for rapists and sex attackers need to be brought up to date with advances in technology and tactics used by offenders. And judges should take into account the psychological and long-term effects on victims, as well as considering new factors such as filming or photographing a rape uh, when deciding on punishments. A tougher maximum sentence of 19 years should be given for one-off rapes, a limit currently only available for those who attack the same victim over a course of time or rape multiple victims. The changes which are, which are under a 14-week public consultation are designed to make sure paedophiles, people traffickers and rapists who operate alone or in gangs are dealt with better in courts in England and Wales. So that's how they're dealing with it. If you actually read between the lines, you've actually got them lowering the image, uh, the, 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 the age, I should say, for consent with, with the children. So even if children now at 13 say they were raped, now the, the, the argument will be, well, did she really, was she precocious? For her age. This is all going to go into, you know it, you can smell it all. It's so easy to read what's going on. 
And also this one here is to do with technology in itself, of course. We, we know that you've got, you're going into the whole way of complete surveillance. You're already in it. And so many ways you don't even know. But they're training all the children in school, uh, to go through all natural surveillance. This was no natural surveillance without thinking about it. Pan scammers get the thumbs up in the schools and hospitals, it says USA Today. And it says, um, uses unique vein patterns as a handy ID system. And they give you a talk on different schools that are already using it. And, oh, it's like a PR piece, this public relations piece, all rah, 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 how wonderful it is. That's, that's a paid thing as far as I'm concerned. And and I'll continue uh, with the story, Clinic Stories when I come back after these messages. I'm Alan Watts, and we go through and cut through the matrix. And this article here is about the expansion of TSA in the U.S., out of the airports, on the roads, and so on, which they've been doing for quite some time. But it says now they want to conduct on-site transportation-related security assessments, and it's seeking permission from the Office of Management and Budget to conduct security-related assessments during site visits to approximately 750 owners and operators of highway transportation assets, such as long-haul trucks, as well as 140 public transportation agencies. Under an initiative known as the Highway Baseline Assessment for Security Enhancement, TSC will seek information that can help it develop policies and programs. The TSC's highway-based program seeks to establish the current state of security gaps and implemented countermeasures throughout the highway mode of transportation by posing questions to major transportation asset owners and operators and so on. Now, you know it's going to, they're already into buses, rail transit and everything else. So anything that's long distance, but uh, they're also going in, as you well know, getting them on the highway first, getting used to seeing them, and then it's you that gets stopped. That's a whole step-by-step process, a Fabian technique that always puts folk to sleep until it's all in their face. And speaking of the TSA too, this article came in too. Airport security officers pulled a teenage girl's dress down and exposed her breast during an invasive pat-down, a U.S. congressman claims. Ralph Hall of Texas says his great-niece was badly mistreated during security screening at Hartfield, uh, Hartsfield-Jackson Airport in Atlanta, Georgia, and Mail Online reports. It says he had instigated a federal investigation to Transport Security Administration. The incident involved his 17-year-old great-niece, happened two years ago, but has just been made public under the Freedom of Information Act because it was caught on CCTV footage. She'd been travelling to Australia with classmates from Southwest Christian School in Texas, and the congressman wants the agent to conduct the pat-down fired, but the TSA has released a statement to a mail online saying the girl's breast exposure was an accident. Since we forget the incident was of more than two years ago, it was one that caused embarrassment to the young lady. However, an investigation concluded the event was accidental. You understand the laws unto themselves. There's no one, uh, there's no other inquiry that goes on from an outside source. So it's the same old story. They investigate themselves and 
nothing gets done. The agency says the officer involved apologised and was given more training. What, you more training? What do you mean by that? According to WSBTV, TSC documents see the girl's dress strap slipped off her shoulders, exposed her breasts while her stomach was being patted down by an officer. 17-year-old, you know. And what you're getting taught in the U.S. and elsewhere is the end of the, your, your culture, folks. You're being taught to be degraded as, as, as a. An inf- this is how you, taught, you treated people who were prisoners in the gulags. Understand? And this is an old technique until you have no self-esteem left whatsoever under the bully beast, and it's happening. And it's going to get a lot worse unless you stop it. Unless you stop it. Unless you all rise up and stop it. I'm not kidding you. And you can't expect other people to do it. Yelling about it on the radio isn't going to stop it. Talking about the radio isn't going to stop it. Like, like talking, about, you got to do it yourselves, because it's going to go more than just this. This is just part of it to make you feel degraded, degraded and inferior. You understand, and and you lose your own self-respect. That's part of a psychological technique, and you have to stop it, because it's worse coming if you don't. And this article here is about genomics revolution. The UK could miss the boat scientists warn. You know, these big scientists, the new priesthood that took over from all religions. And it says here, better data collection and, and the National Health Service backup. You know, there's hardly anything left of the National Health Service except abortions and vasectomies. It's needed for the day when it will be, be cost effective to carry out whole genome tests on patients. And it's going right, this is eugenics going right into it now. Scientists say the day when it's normal to sequence the genome of every newborn baby is approaching. And they really want this because if you read the history of eugenicists, uh, they said, uh, oh God, 80, 90, 100 years ago, that eventually uh, they would find ways to, to predict what a child is going to be and they decide whether to terminate that child for society is good or not, meaning the government is good. And government, believe you me, is a different version of what they want than you would think. And it says, you is a, lot, a huge opportunity to lead the world's in disease rec- discovery. It's always to help you, you know, treatments and cures. But support from the NHS and better data collection is needed. Britain's not to lose out in the coming genomics revolution, leading scientists believe. The cost of whole genome sequencing, which is mapping the DNA code of any human being, is dropping through the floor from £750 million ECB for the first ever sequence to probably as little as £1,000 soon. Experts, like you say scientists and experts now, and we just treat them like they're some high chutzpah. Experts say it will soon be cost effective to carry out a whole genome sequence on a patient. Uh, so as to uh, do one or two genetic tests. They see a time in the not distant future when it could be normal to sequence the genome of every newborn baby. But, says Sir John Bell, a Regius Professor of Medicine at Oxford University and Chair of Advisory Human Genomic Strategy Group, so got a strategy going, data about a patient's DNA tells you little without standardised information on their disease. It's nothing to do with your disease. At the moment, the NHS does not hold in, in a way that allows comparisons. Even the definition of a recurrence of a cancer, the point at which it's considered to have come back, varies from one hospital and, sign, and specialist to another. Also, it varies to, to what you've been eating and what you've been injected with as well. And more so, in fact, I keep saying to people, it says, don't think about today, think about tomorrow. There's no question it's going to be really, really, really cheap. Your question is, what are you going to need from the back office, Bell said. So they want to go full out because it's to do with who the government wants and who they don't want to be born. Back with more after this break.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watts, and going through this crazy system, it's not crazy, it's crazy like a fox, it's all designed this way. And every part of it, in fact, is designed uh, minutely by think tanks. So many thousands of think tanks and private organizations working uh, along with governments to bring the, the, perfect, the perfected society in step by step, generation by generation, long-term plans, 10, 20, 40, 50-year plans, etc., population reduction, what kind of citizenry do they want left. All that kind of stuff ties in with eugenics, etc. And here's an article, too. It's, it's interesting, too, uh, all this fiscal cliff nonsense. They always give you a buzz term, you see. It makes it more... It takes something that's abstract and, and tries to make it in some concrete form, like a, a cliff, a fiscal cliff. And uh, they're very good at that, dreaming up these ideas to make you think it's all real and so on. But it took me back to... Uh, the articles that have been going on uh, to do with Obama and the fiscal cliff that they're going to just fall over into I don't know where. And all the, all the remedies, which is, of course, is taxation, higher taxation. Because, you see, the U.S. is to be brought down into austerity like all the other countries in Europe that's getting hammered. And that's the world plan, folks, because they've almost finished with the U.S., not quite. The U.S. has been kept this way for a long time, even though they've been changing it culturally from within for a long time through what was thought to be communism, communistic techniques, uh, in every every area. And it's been awfully successful, right down to massive indoctrination in school today. And uh, But also to furnish the world with its armies, the world policemen and the military-industrial complex, uh, churn out all its weaponry. Once they're finished with all the Muslim countries, I've said this before, they'll be finished with America. And America has to start finding out what the rest of the world's been forced to pay, overpay for all the things they purchase, including their food, in fact. And it says the IRS, and it took me back to this article here from July, and it's from the examiner. It says IRS are set to hire and arm agents to enforce compliance with Obamacare. Now, do you think it's just to do with Obamacare? It's to do with this, what's happening now. And it says here that millions of Americans continue to struggle in their search for employment, but with the Supreme Court upholding Obamacare, thousands of jobs seem to be on their way. How are those jobs are going to be with Internal Revenue Service? In 2010, the House Ways and Means Committee Republicans issued a report saying the IRS may need as many as 16,500 additional auditors, agents, and other employees to investigate and collect billions in new taxes from Americans. You see, they're always way ahead of what they tell you. And they'll always give you one excuse in preparation for what they want to really use it for. So Obamacare contains 21 new taxes, as already decided. And according to the Treasury Inspector General, also contains the largest set of tax law changes in over two decades. When looking at the responsibilities of IRS workers under the new law, it's easy to understand why so many more will be needed if enforcement of the law is expected to be carried out effectively. Under the, the law, the IRS will provide tax breaks and incentives to help pay for health insurance and impose penalties on some people who don't buy coverage and on some businesses that don't offer it to employees. The changes will require new regulations, forms and publications, new computer programs and a big new outreach program to explain it all to taxpayers and tax professionals. 
also obtain powers that it's never had before, including uh, IRS agents verify if you have acceptable health care coverage, and the IRS can confiscate your tax refund. Many advocates of Obamacare continuously deny the IRS is going to play a large role in this new law, but even Democratic National Committee Chairwoman uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz <laughs> led the truth about, regarding the role of the IRS under this new law. During an interview on CNN, she told Wolf Blitzer the following, she says, the Internal Revenue Service would be the easiest enforcer of penalties against those who refuse to comply with the new health care law. But it's also going to be used, obviously, which they knew it was coming, was the, the invention of the fiscal cliff. It's, it's always done way ahead of time. And in Britain, uh, Britain, of course, has got all these public-private partnerships going on. And Atos is, is the, the company that they brought in to basically find ways to override all medical doctors' opinions, professional advice on people who are classified as disabled. And now this Atos company, which is meant to make a lot of profit and so on, to please the masters, or to make sure the, well, actually they're going to make them, they you know that the, the cripple can walk again, according to them. And they're just putting a lot of people back uh, into utter poverty and, I mean, complete poverty. This is revealed that the rule changes that will force the sick to work for free. Tens of thousands of sick and disabled people in Scotland face being forced to, uh, onto unpaid work programs under threat of losing their benefits from tomorrow. And it says, um, this is when disability claimants will become eligible for controversial mandatory workfare placements according to new plans, which have been quietly drawn up by the Department of Work and Pensions. People with a range of physical or mental health conditions could find themselves stacking shelves in high street stores such as Tesco and Poundland or cleaning private homes under the new proposals. And this is for free, folks. You work for free. And it says, since the government's work programs began in June, tens of thousands of job seekers have been put on unpaid, uh, unpaid placements. Now some ill or disabled people who are told that they must take unpaid positions or risk up to losing 70% of their employment support allowance. Ironically, the new measures are coming into effect in the International Day of Pensions with Disabilities, or Persons with Disabilities, I should say. A series of national protests on the government's workfare programs will take place this week. Now, then you read that, then you read what's, what's happening to people now that they're, they, you know, the crippled can walk again and all that stuff. The conservative hatchet man Ian Duncan Smith's weasel-worded letter to a boy who said that Atos, the company that they hired to redefine what illness is, uh, the test killed his father, it says. The Working Pensions Secretary called reply to a 13-year-old uh, Kieran McCardrell uh, to visit Job Centre to find out about his dad's disability appeal. Kieran McCardrell wrote to Ian Duncan Smith. Uh, Kieran McCardrell wrote to him anyway, and says, um, the Tory Minister Ian Duncan Smith was blasted yesterday for sending an insulting letter to a boy, 13-year-old boy, who said the strain of a back-to-work test killed his disabled father. And uh, Kieran McCann was sickened by the coldness of the reply, which ended by suggesting he contact the job centre about his dead dad's Brian's appeal. The weasel-worded letter, which addressed Kieran, 13 years old, as Mr. McCardle, offers the welfare chief's condolences, but then tries to defend the government's record on the disabled. It ends with a cut-and-paste invitation to make an appointment at a job centre to find out more about the outcome of your father's claim. As his stroke victim, Brian, 57 years old, the father, died a day after his disability benefits were stopped. That's what's coming down to. You understand, your life now is cheap, folks, 
because they've got you all classified. You would not believe. All of you out there are classified. All of you. Into a grading system of importance right down to, 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 to someone who is basically what they call a taker from the state. Remember, the world citizen definition from the United Nations is a good producer and consumer, not one or the other, both. And when you become a consumer, then you're a burden, a burden to the state. Even though you've worked all your life in it and paid all those taxes, about 70% of your income, actually, there's articles on that I'll put up tonight too, 70% of your income in Britain generally goes to the state. And with this money, they have wars across the world for big private corporations. They also fund communism through the school systems, making sure they're all indoctrinated. And they throw money across the world also to, to other countries, claiming it's to benefit the poor in those countries while they plunder the people at home. And this is the communist system of redistribution of wealth across the world. As they bring you, actually they hate you. The people who are in charge of your countries actually hate you. If you, if you don't, you haven't quite got that. They actually hate you. They hate your cultures too. So I'll put this, this link up tonight too for those who haven't quite got it. And part of it too was to just totally destroy the cultures, uh, that, that some people perceived had persecuted them and so on. And they've done awfully well in it until here we are since the 60s to the present time. No time at all. Everything's gone down the tubes. Then they pushed single moms for a while. Then the whole building society started making single parent homes. And the, the government paid for the, to babysit their children all day and even at night so they can get the pubs and stuff. And here you are. So next step. The minister who thinks that lessons in pornography are acceptable. Member of Parliament says schools are free to teach children despite impact of images on the youngsters. Liz Truss reveals teachers can give lessons on pornography uh, as part of personal social health and economic classes. And... Um, it says the schools are free to give lessons, pornography, and so on. Campaigners have warned that growing numbers of youngsters are hooked on graphic films found online and talking about pornography. Lessons in pornography would focus on the impact and dangers of graphic images online. They could backfire by letting children to what can be easily accessed on the Internet. Actually, when adults do this in school, you're giving approval to the children. It's just like the so-called sex education lessons, which they're, they're now hyper-sexualizing young children with because they're teaching them pre-puberty, by the way, from the ages of four and five in some, some places. And Bertrand Russell, who had experimental schools back in the 1920s, he had a, a charter from the government to do things, experiment on these children that he had, a lot more orphans and so on. And the whole idea was to... Uh, hypersexual children uh, before puberty so that they, when they reach puberty and they started uh, actually being advised to try sex at very young, they'd never bond with anybody for their life because the end of the family had to be part of this new system. And we're going through a whole, whole system, folks. It hasn't changed. It's well uh, documented, by the way, too, by the big boys who kept talking about it and pushing it. And, of course, Marx did it too. And uh, it's still on the go today. So here's the heads of education uh, for Britain it's saying it's okay. And that ties right in, too, with uh, what I mentioned about the United Nations and Planned Parenthood together putting out uh, that PDF recently about the uh, same kind of thing, uh, to get children to engage in sex much, much earlier. And... <coughs> 
you got to laugh. you got to really, really laugh. I, I, I might even do it tonight again. I'll put the same links up about the exposures of top um, people who are on about uh, all the climate changes are going to kill us all unless you, t- you give up all your rights and, uh, and give up your homes too because they want to destroy private property, as you all know. That's part of the agenda. In Agenda 21 from the United Nations, it says there'll be no private homes eventually. And so you've got all this going. You've got to give it all up to save save the world, you see. Save the world from global warming. And now it's changed to climate change. And they're kind of dropping that too because we're not getting it all. Because nothing, nothing's cooperating with them in nature. And so it's, it's extreme weather. You know, it's extreme weather. We get bouts of this and bouts of that every few years. doesn't matter about the cons. You see, it's a target. It's a goal. It's important. And some of these famous people have said that. It doesn't matter if it's all bogus, all the science and global warming, carbon and all that. This will help bring equality across the world, meaning it'll take your wealth off you as you spread it across the world to their international corporations based in third world countries. But here's how this, this, and one of them even said to always give them scary scenarios before these big world meetings, by PCC and so on. Give them scary scenarios, or they won't listen to us. I'll pull all that tonight again, too. But here's the latest one. This is a goodie. This is a good one, you see. And we know that National Geographic is a big, big part of this. All these things that you've liked all your lives have been brainwashing you and brainwashing along to this path, and you didn't know it. It's all coordinated, by the way. Science spin of the worst kind. National Geographic's, here's it is, it's a little short video they've made, uh, a, a, a scary scenario when the earth stops spinning. <gasps> oh my God. Eh? Maybe you won't get so dizzy then. But it says, turned on my TV today and this popped up. So of course I had to write about it. This is stupidity on steroids packaged as pseudoscientific claptrap and ent- entertainment for the gullible. Of course they had to work in the obligatory New York City uh, flooding scene. But what's worse is that Nat Geo's National Geographic's wholesale failure to even consider basic science before making this garbage. When the earth stops spinning, it says, if the earth was so sudden, uh, suddenly to, uh, to stop our seas and this atmosphere would change so drastically that it would no longer be able to support human life, that's what scientists are for. You know, experts can tell you that. If it stopped spinning, it, it couldn't support human life. Looking for a, uh, to a future where one side of the planet is dark and cold for six months at a time and the other is bathed in deadly solar radiation, this episode explores how long human and animal life might survive in a cruel new stationary world. <gasps> oh, doesn't that just terrify you? Hmm? You ready to throw your money at them now? Says so there's the usual climate porn in this video, roasting temperatures, fight, people fighting for resources, global sea level rising, etc. The usual stuff. But what makes this National Geo Doc Whaler extra stupid is a simple math that tells us when the Earth will actually stop spinning. They apparently couldn't be bothered to do that since it blows the premise of the whole show right out of the water. And says so here's the, the basic science and math relevant to the issue. Their rotation around its own axis has been observed, thanks to the atomic clocks, to be continuously slowing down. The main reason for the slowing is believed to be due to tidal friction. This is primarily caused by the moon's gravitational actions on the oceans of the world. According to modern calculations, it says the Earth's rotation slows down at 1.7 milliseconds every 100 years. At this rate, it will take 1.9 trillion years to stop spinning. So we can start breathing again, eh? Start breathing again. Deep breath. 
So the Earth will still be spinning in 5 billion years when the Sun will turn into a red giant star and obliterate it. Prior to that, due to solar brightening, 500 million to 2 billion years in the future, the Earth is likely to be uninhabitable anyway. An evolution of the Sun's luminosity radius and effective temperature compared to the present day Sun. And it shows you that too. So there you go. It says, let me just say whoever produced this garbage science drama for National Geographic could use a good whack upside the head with a solar science book. You can let them know if you feel as I do. And you can contact the guy too and also complain to National Geographic for trying to scare the bejesus of the tiny little children who are already brainwashed. And another article I want to be up tonight too is, so how do we stop the spraying? And it's from Geoengineering Watch. And people should go through this too, because we really are being poisoned uh, daily, actually, since 1998. That's when they went into action uh, full-time. They've done it over many years, practicing and testing, and testing different populations underneath it in various areas to see what was most toxic and wasn't, and so on. And since 98, they've been doing it full-time. And even now, they still use occasional different mixes. I see it here in the sky when they're doing it. And uh, some of them are darker than others. Some expand awfully fast and, and make these these um, hazy-looking, not quite clouds, actually. Uh, and other ones look almost like looking through cellophane. It's, it's like looking through barrier, uh, vapor barrier that you put in your basement, that plastic. It makes it all kind of hazy. And other ones actually create clouds. Other ones can, can drive away storm clouds. So they make it dry or they can make it poor. And when they make it poor now after, after a few days of heavy, heavy spraying, they give you monsoons. This is old, old stuff. And um, I'll even put up a link tonight to do with uh, aerial spraying management. It's a, it's a group that's formed a long time ago and they've been at this for years. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I am back cutting through the matrix and of course we've heard all about tasering and I put into the vocabulary there that it's really cattle prods are using and that's what we should all be saying and I'm glad to see other people have caught up in it and used it too. It's just like new normals and so on, it's, it's catching up all over so I'll have to put more of these little phrases up for people to catch up on and start using what it really is. But they're cattle prods, I don't care with wires or what, it doesn't matter, it's cattle prods and that's what they use on the public now that's meant for beasts you see. But anyway, there's been so many deaths from uh, cattle prodding now uh, on humans. And, uh, of course, they investigate themselves as always, and the cops get off with it, and so on and so on. Because there's big, big uh, lobby groups, too, involved in all of this. Plus, it's a, a necessary, necessity, necessity, I should say, to train the people to, 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 to be fearful of every incident at all to do with police and not speak up for yourself. And that's what the cops want, too. They're using it for compliance purposes. And uh, before, they had no problems before. Cops, cops in Britain at one time had just batons, and in Seattle, I remember seeing them using that too at one time. It's completely changed now with they're all armed to the teeth, they're on steroids as well. And they've got these tasers that they love to fire off, just like the movies, you see. 
They all want to be in movies. They can't tell the difference either from fact and fiction. But um, before we're getting tasered all over the place, even people in comas are getting tasered. But tasered Laporte County jail inmate miscarries. Well, when you taser someone, this is, this is normal uh, with, with women who are pregnant. If a sudden danger strikes the body, the host is spontaneous abortion. That's, that's the way things go. And it says uh, a Laporte County jail inmate was tasered after a fight with a jail deputy and then miscarried. Uh, the, the county sheriff, Michael Mullenhauer, said that on November 29th, a female inmate became involved in a physical altercation with another inmate when a deputy, deputy uh, or a jail deputy intervened. The responding deputy was taken to the floor by one of the inmates when the other responding deputies arrived. Verbal commands given, etc. So deploying the taser de-escalated the incident, causing the inmate to release the jail deputy. You generally do that when you're electrocuted by a cattle prod. Because the inmate was pregnant, she was transported to the IU Health Laporte Hospital for precautionary evaluation. During the examination, it was determined that her fetus was deceased. The 23-year-old woman has since been released from the hospital as well as jail custody. And, of course, they're giving no uh, statements as to it and so on, except to say they did all the right things, etc., etc., etc. And everything's new normal again. You know, killing folk or killing their babies is new normal. It used to be left to the to the nasty dark side surgeons who make a living on that, and these be backstreet abortionists who were all communists at the time too. Even going to the history of Armand Hammer and his father, his father did that to back, backstreet abortionists for the communist party. He came over to America and did it, and was caught a few times. Then he, brought, then he started selling quack medicines and was caught for that too. But uh, yeah, communism is alive and well. But now you now you're allowed to kill people and uh, their children, unborn children. So it's outside the medical field now. Tax seats into 70% of UK families' income. I've mentioned this before. And uh, since the new study has found that families in Britain, some that pay the highest taxes uh, in the developed world compared to other nations like Ireland, Canada and Chile. Well, Ireland's catching up because they owe so much money to this damned IMF. And it says the research shows that British households with two adults, two children, one earner are paying around 73% of their income into tax, which is made up mostly of income tax, national insurance contributions, as so we can do all the abortions, and not just in Britain, but also worldwide, and the loss of certain benefits. And also put up tonight too. Uh, so this is what collectivism looks like. UK tax eating 70% of UK families' incomes. And that's how it really is, folks, until you all, all of you, start doing something about it. Don't listen to me or anybody else. You all have to do something about it. Everybody does. Every individual. From Hamish Marcel from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.